This is the Duval Mission Podcast. As always, I'm joined by head coach John Galloway. It's a rainy day here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, coach, we've got just four games left. Half of them are this week. We're going to talk about Queens. Uh, you beat them 25-5. to five. That's most goals scored in a game this year, but it's the second most as well in program history. Kind of seemed like a lot was clicking for your team. Do you want to talk about the game? Yeah, really, uh, you know, from start to finish, a, a complete game, which is pretty rare. But when you look at the stat sheet, you know, face-offs, clearing, ground balls, um, you know, to generate 80 shots is hard to do in one game. And I thought Queens did some things that made it challenging for us early on. And I thought our guys persisted. And uh, my hope was that we were going to continue to get better in the month of April. And I felt like we did that in that first game against Queens. And now can we do that again in a, in a short turnaround against a really talented offense in Detroit Mercy? And uh, obviously you had a whole week to kind of prepare for that and respond from the prior week. How would you say the team responded top to bottom? Yeah, again, proud of their effort. I mean, we worked really hard last week. And, and I think I you know, mentioned to the guys, fatigue may set in, but your mental toughness, because you know what you did all week long, is going to carry you into this game. And uh, that Monday, Wednesday practice was like a preseason practice. I mean, it was two hours, two and a half hours in the heat, uh, physical, demanding, confrontational, and we handled it well. We handled it with maturity. And um, the result on Saturday, I think, was a product of the amount of time they put in, which I know is cliche, but it's true. I mean, we haven't been able to practice that hard in a long time. And uh, you couple that with the frustration of the Utah game. And I think you, you get the result that we did against Queens on Saturday. And in that game, there was a bunch of accolades reached. Uh, Cap won 21 faceoffs, scooped up 15 ground balls, and in the process became the all-time program leader in those respected categories. What goes into that kind of success in that role? Really incredible. I mean, when you think back to some of the face-off guys we've had here as well, and most notably Hunter Forbes, and then you think about what Nathan has done, um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for our team. It's a big deal for Nathan just to remind him of all the work that he's put in over the past four years and to know that he's still got a little bit more room on his clock is exciting. Uh, and then I think as the team start to see Nathan, Nathan have success, they get more confident. So when the ball's in our sticks, uh, our group tends to play a little bit looser, which is important. And, and I think Nathan's success is is going to be directly tied to our success going going forward. And uh, continuing to speak of accolades, Griner surpassed 100 goals at JU, and uh, he recorded an incredible 11 points, tied for the most in a single game in program history. He's the ASON Player of the Week. Maybe you could talk about how he just exploded in this game. Yeah, Jacob's a guy that just works his butt off. If anybody knows Jacob, Jacob, he's our captain. He's a guy that's on his own shooting by himself. He's been in and out of the lineup, has had a tough couple of games stretch, and uh, I thought the Utah game, he just decided to, to, to you know play with his hair on fire a little bit, and you felt that carry over through the week of practice. We felt like he deserved the opportunity to, back in, to be back in in the lineup and uh, he certainly took advantage of his opportunity so really happy for him I think you know part of his success was his teammates success as well being really active off the ball and giving Jacob some opportunities he was really good on man up so can we continue to build off of Jacob's success with that attack unit and what do you think and hope that this game kind of means for this last stretch of the year yeah I think you know we talked to the team <clears throat> excuse me a lot about the the disregard for who we're playing and I think that's important for us moving forward is not worrying about the opponent but worrying about us and then this week specifically you know a little bit more focus on our team and we only have 240 minutes of regular season lacrosse and how do we take advantage of every minute and it's not about the next game or the next opponent it's a this is 60 minutes of your 240 minutes left in your bank account and how, how, um, how much are you going to take advantage of those moments? So that's been the message to the team, specifically the seniors and the fifth years. And I think there's just been a sense of urgency amongst our guys from the Utah game 
two queens to now going into uh, a two game stretch where now all of a sudden it's gonna be down to, gosh, 120 minutes. So how, how much do you take advantage of those moments? I know you just said the focus is on us. I'm gonna try and pick your brain a little bit with uh, Detroit Mercy, specifically with that game tomorrow. I believe it's uh, lunch with faculty and staff tomorrow. Do you kind of want to talk about what goes into that with the students and the staff? Yeah, so instead of just you know naming a, a day for marketing, what we did was we actually had our guys you know choose one of their faculty or staff members on campus to invite to the game. So uh, we'll have a group of people that is individually invited to the game tomorrow to honor at halftime. And you know for us, it's, it's a, our chance of, and our way of saying, hey, we know we, we talk a lot about, you know, here and what we do in lacrosse, but, you know, thank you for your effort, your service on campus uh, to give these guys a really cla first class experience. So cool day for us, really cool moment to have the professors see what our kids do outside of the classroom as well. I think it's good perspective for both sides and very rarely do you get a 12 o'clock game in, in the middle of the week. So I'm hoping that a lot of the folks have a chance to make it out and have lunch with us and, and have a chance to watch a really competitive game. Cool, that's really cool. And uh, speaking on the opponent, Detroit Mercy, they just recently beat uh, Lindenwood 17 to 16. When you kind of look at Detroit Mercy and who they are as a team, what's your overall impression of them? Yeah, well, first and foremost, we've lost the last two games to Detroit Mercy in 2020 and 2019. And I think that that memory still stings a little bit in the minds of a lot of the guys in our locker room. Uh, the second piece of that is, is what they do on the offensive end. I mean, they just put up 17 goals. They put up 14 against Robert Morris a few weeks ago. Um, they have a first midfield line that I would put against anybody in the conference. Um, eight, nine, and 12 are some of the more impressive players I've seen in the conference. And then to make that one full midfield line, right now their midfield line is out shooting, out scoring, and out assisting their entire attack, uh, which you never see. So that first midfield line is the real deal. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna require a level of attention and detail uh, of our defense to be able to get stops and uh, if we do we need to learn how to capitalize and shoot a little bit better on the offensive end. When you see a midfield line like that, just kind of how do you approach making those stops and kind of neutralizing the threat? Man, it's it's gonna be a tough day in that in that note. I think our rope unit, you know, we've challenged. Uh, we've we've mixed how we defend the midfield a little bit as well over the last six days and I think that's going to be important for us as well to to get our the best version of us on the best version of them uh, and I think there's a old school way of saying hey you know these guys cover this position these guys cover this position we're not looking at it that way we think this team is so talented with that first midfield line that we have to kind of move and maneuver our pieces to make sure that we're addressing our needs and uh, what would you say overall this week but specifically for tomorrow what do you think JU needs to do to have a successful week yeah, I think you know, not being afraid to work. Um, yeah, that's something that we've really talked a lot about as a team is, yeah, it's a short week. Yeah, it's, um, you know, they towards the tail end of the season, but we, we practiced hard yesterday. Normally Mondays is a light day. Some guys have a, a day off. We didn't do that this week. We just felt like uh, we need to have proof in our minds that we put the work in to be able to deserve an outcome on game day. So we worked hard yesterday. We, we got after it pretty early this morning. Um, we didn't go long, but we practiced as opposed to maybe walking through things for a longer period of time. We just practiced for short game speed bursts. And I think that's putting us in a position to be successful when the lights are on. And I've loved to bring this up the last few weeks. You rightfully predict just about everything that has happened lately in these games. What is something to watch for in this game? Maybe it's a player, maybe it's a unit. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Luke Milliken. I think he's had a really good week of practice. He's really honed back in on his craft. I think he's a guy that um, is playing 
better than he has in the past couple weeks. So I'm excited about Luke. Uh, obviously, you're going to see the face-off game, but specifically in the face-off game, you know, our ability to push transition with our rope unit. So Tucker Garrity uh, is a guy that I, I look at and say, you know, when when we need something, number nine usually comes through. So Luke Milliken and Tucker Garrity had a really good week of practice, and I'm excited to watch them. Something I wanted to bring up as well, kind of just touching back to Queens really quick, was a lot of players got a chance to play in that game. And it seemed like one in particular, Dan May, right when he touched the field, I mean, the play was going through him. He was electric when he got his chance. Can you speak on those players that got the chance to play and taking advantage of those moments? Yeah, I, I can't speak. You know, when I, talk, I think about the Queens game, you know, people see the score and say, oh, well, it wasn't, you know, maybe as close as you think. Well, I, what I look at is when it was 18 to 5 um, and, and we are subbing in, you know, what we would refer to as our white team. Uh, the game actually, in, in our eyes, got better. We played better in the fourth quarter. We went on a 7-0 to run at the end of the game. And that's not easy to do, especially coming off cold, not getting game reps. Dan May and his unit, Luke Robinson, Sam Chase, uh, gosh, all the way down to the defensive end, Quay Pellegrino, Max Manware had his first action and had a cause turnover. Like Those moments are so much more meaningful than, than what the outside thinks because they don't see how much time Max Manware has put into two ACL tears and another ACL tweak this season. And to get back there and to get his first action, to have a cause turnover, or for Quentin Pellegrino to make some plays in the middle of the field, or Dan May has a hat trick. And not all of that was at the end of the game. I mean, Dan May has earned a spot on our man up team. And now he's scoring goals on man up. He's scoring goals in six on six. He's conducting and coordinating the offense when he's out there. Um, we have the most complete team that we've ever had since I've been here from green to white. And it, it makes guys um, value each other uh, with a little bit greater respect. So it's been fun to see how our locker room operates and how they communicate with one each other and the respect that they have amongst the two different colors um, because it's it, we, just, we do only need everybody and Dan May usually gets the credit behind the scenes and it's cool that he's starting to get it in front of people. And moments like that, how does that help just the overall buzz in the locker room and even in practice? You know, you talked about hard practice yesterday. How does that translate directly? Yeah, it galvanizes the team. So what we do in practice now, and we started after the Utah game, was we scrimmage at the end of every practice. And there's always a green team is always down a couple. Uh, and the white team essentially has to either keep the lead or extend the lead. And the white team is, is undefeated since we've started doing that. And um, again, that's a, a credit to that team finding ways and now the green team is starting to get frustrated and upset and it's making practice better because now we're more intentional of how we're doing things and uh, that's the word i use a lot this week is i just feel like we're more intentional we're not just drilling right now we're intentional to be getting better to be playing our best lacrosse in april and when you say intentional you just mean that the intensity is in the right areas and the team is just overall just pushing each other better yeah, I think even more so, they just, they're not going through drills. They're looking for ways to, to gain the, the drill. They're not just running the patterns. They're looking for ways to take advantage of the defense or the offense. So I think we're playing the game versus playing the drill. And I think now we're learning how to play in nuanced situations that maybe we were uh, taking advantage of early on in the season. So I'm just really proud that I feel like our guys are currently hunting for opportunities to get better in the drill versus, hey, we know this is coming. Let's just get through it and let's move on. That's not the attitude that our group has. And with just uh, four games left, like we previously said, if before the season you kind of got a glimpse of where you'd be at right now, is it about in line with where you'd expect to have been? You know, I thought, I, I thought we had a mature group. I thought we'd maybe be a little bit more um, advanced in terms of just where we are in terms of the final product. Uh, the good news is I think that we still have more room to get to the final product. So uh, again, I'm excited about our team. I'm excited about our leadership. You know, specifically Reed Smith, the Heed brothers, 
Troy Hedinger, Max Waldbaum, Jacob Greiner, Tucker Garrity, guys that like have, have taken over the room with their voice. And in the past, it's always been the coaches. And I feel like right now we're seeing this trans, you know, transfer of power from the coaches to the players. And uh, it's the right time of year to be doing that. All right, well, cool coach. That's all I had on my slate for this week. We've got Detroit Mercy tomorrow. We've got Lindenwood Saturday. We'll be back next week to talk about it. Look forward, thanks.